Hello and welcome to another episode of So Fly. It's uh, it's the middle of summer and uh, we're back in the studio. Well, off on location this time. My name is Mitch and we've got Aldo here. Hey, everybody. And as I said, we're uh, recording uh, actually in a really special place today. We're recording in a fly shop called Fly Masters in Indianapolis. Uh, Aldo, why is that? Well, Mitch, it's because we came down to fish the White River. And who invited us? Jason, my man to the right. Jason, how's it going? Really well, Mitch. And Derek, of course, from Fly Masters. How's it going? Well, down to wonderful, as we always say. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Jason runs a, a guiding company called uh, Two Forks uh, Guiding. He guides in and around uh, um, Indiana, mainly like a south of uh, South Central Indiana. Is that, is that su- yeah, su- Central safe? Indiana? Sa- Central sure. Indiana. Specializing in the White River. Yep. And then uh, Derek uh, runs the shop here at uh, Flymasters. Beautiful shop. Yeah, thanks so much for having us in here. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. It's a special place to do this podcast. And it is. Pretty fitting at the end of this trip, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So before we jump into our trip to Indiana, and uh, we're going to talk about the White River as well, which is a really special story. We'll talk a little bit about Flymasters and Two Forks. Um, Jason, what are we drinking today? Well, we've got Beer Brewery. Uh, they've got two locations now, one on 65th Street and one up in Carmel. Super folks over there at Beer Brewery. I'm currently having a track beer. Me too. Track beer. It's delicious. It's a lager. Really easy. Really easy lager. I'm about to... Oh, look at that. Have an easy crush. Nice. Which is their dry hopped pale ale. Right on. Which has an awesome can, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, a delicious taste. They hooked us up with a bunch of beer over our trip, uh, and uh, we thanked them a lot. That was awesome. Yeah, we've just been enjoying this beer the whole trip. It's really nice to uh, taste some uh, Indiana beer, craft beer. It's really delicious beer, too. I was drinking goot. I was goot time all weekend, which is really good. Yeah, the goot factor was <laughs> down. We are out of goot. Oh, yeah, we're out of goot. <laughs> Next time, we're going to have to have extra. Extra goot because we just love it so much, but as track beer, everything's really, really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Jason, you're a... A fan of the podcast. You got it, man. Jason, yeah. how did you find how did you find, you find us? <clears throat> well, like many things in today's society, I searched. You know, so I typed in fly fishing in the podcast search. Yeah. SoFly came up and I thought, wow, what a cool logo, right? And uh, if you see the two forks guiding logo, it's not dissimilar from our I from love our two forks guide logo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it from our uh, from our logo. Yeah, if you look at my logo, it's very similar to the beer brewery logo. It's oh amazing, yeah, you know? oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But yeah, the uh, so started listening to the podcast. You know, mostly in the mornings uh, at the gym. Ironically, is a place I find time for to do that kind of deal. So I was listening and uh i think uh you know you just guys you had some great people on there and i really enjoyed Mm -hmm. your questions and thought the little pieces were funny and uh you know i thought boy it would be great to have these guys down here and uh enjoy some of what central indiana has to offer and you know when i first put it out there i thought joke you know like these guys are gonna be like what am i doing you know yeah um so it was you know, super ecstatic when you guys decided to uh, to take me up on the offer to come down here and do some fishing. Yeah, I got your message, and I was like, because uh, I kind of monitor the messaging, and so does Mitch on the on Instagram. And I was like, Mitch, this uh, guy Jason wants to, to come down to central Indiana and fish for smallmouth. And, of course, Mitch and I grew up fishing for smallmouth in Ottawa. And so he's like, all right. And I'm like, all right. And we sent a message back to you, and, you're, we're gonna go and you were like, and you were like, 
all right. <laughs> and we're like, thing, yeah. you're like, oh, you guys actually want to come? We're like, hell yeah, we want to come down. Yeah. And yeah. so thank you so much for inviting us. I mean, hey. this was awesome. Oh, man, what a totally. great, what a great three, three days, man. This has oh, uh, just so been fun. awesome. It's been yeah. so, so fun. So we drove down. Mitch finished work on, uh, on th- it's it's oh, now, baby. it's now, we're recording on July 15th, which is a Monday. We came down on uh, Thursday, Thursday night after work, the 11th. So pick Mitchy up after work with Holly, our videographer, who's taking video of us right now. Hi, Holly. Hi. Man, what a trek! What a trek down that night. Man, we, we were really dedicated. Slammed in traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It turned a seven-hour long... drive into like a twelve-hour drive, oh, and man. I was like, oh. "Oh man." It was a long <laughs> week leading up to it, but we were just excited to get down here. So it was like one of those moments where you just power through all the work, and you're just like, "Whatever, drive, crush it. We'll do it." Jump in the car, head down here, and yeah, we got here pretty late. What was it like? One thirty. Eh? It was like one thirty in the morning. Uh, we had a, a photographer buddy of ours, uh, Joel, join us, and he was coming from this epic trip that he took in the Yukon, the BC and drive started driving east from there. And he's, he was like in Montana and he was hanging out with Chloe, which yeah. one of our former guests, which was awesome. And it's cool that they connected. And then Joel came with his girlfriend, Jen, who I went to university with. It was like all these worlds colliding and they showed up half an hour before we did. And we got there to the, to Jason's river. What do you call it? We call it the river chateau. <laughs> it's awesome. It's an awesome. It's man. a great spot on right, right on the white river. Yeah. It's a really nice little place. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome little place and unpacked and slept for three and a half minutes. And all of a sudden Jason's <laughs> coming through the door at five in the morning, like, let's go. And I was like, well, I just went to bed, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a crazy, like, just like, whoa, are we being like attacked or something? Like everybody's <laughs> jumping out of bed and we're like, let's do this thing. Go outside, meet you guys for the first time. Oh man, right away. You're like, oh, these people are super nice. Like. We had the drift boats ready to go. The rods packed up. We're like, this is going to be a good day. Yeah, like we we brought all of our gear, but you guys already had all the gear set up. I was like, oh man, we didn't have to do anything. Like this is amazing. We're very used to providing the gear. So oh, okay. in fact, it's one of those things that you're, you're pre-packed. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? You might as well just kind of say, all right, we'll fish your rods. What do you like, just for everybody listening at home, how do you typically plan out like a a guided trip? What do you bring in all that stuff? Yeah. So I'm typically a six to eight weight type guy. Um, most of the fishing is going to be, I always have a sink tip in there. Um, mostly float lines and some intermediate lines. Mm. Uh, but I usually don't go below a six and don't really need to go over an eight. And how long has uh, two forks been around? Two years now. Oh, awesome. Yep. And you're originally from Texas. You're correct. Great. Yep. And you moved here when? I moved here in 2002. Okay. Yep. Rad. So, and you fished the rivers the second you got here, kind of thing. Yeah, I pretty much walked in. Actually, I walked in here, but Derek probably doesn't even remember this story. But <laughs> he's shaking his know, head like I walked in and I said, "Hey, where do people fish around here?" You know, and he was like, "Well, anywhere there's water, you know, you can fish any of these waters, right?" And I said, "Well, where's the uh, book?" There was this great book back in Austin that was done on fly fishing the, the hill country, right? And so. I thought, well, for sure these guys have one of those, you know. Yeah. And I came in looking for my guidebook, and there wasn't one, you know. And I said, well, what? where's the book? He's like, well, we're all too busy, you know. And yeah. I said, hey, I get it. So I started looking around, and really, you know, things kind of, you know, being here on the near north side of Indianapolis, it was like, well, you know, time is, is important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Starting businesses, you know, uh, we had our first child in 06, but it was, where can I go fishing? So I just, you know, started looking at maps and said, huh, White River, let's do it. Right. So 
bought a fly, you know, bought a drift boat and uh, just started doing it. Right. From Texas, you came to Indiana. Why, why did you come to Indiana again? Well, I married a Hoosier. So uh, I. Uh, <laughs> Dirk's like classic. Yeah. I mean, I hear that story quite a bit. You know, yeah. it's these Hoosier ladies seem mm-hmm. to never leave. Uh, but I, I came up uh, ultimately, uh, my now brother in law was a good college buddy, met his younger sister, and uh, asked for forgiveness and asked for permission to uh, start dating his, uh, his sister. <laughs> and uh, here I am 16 years later. That's awesome, man. Quick thing. What's a Hoosier? A Hoosier is somebody that's born here in Indiana. Got it. Yep. Hoosier. Yep. Hoosier. Look at that. Derek, you had a similar story. You came here and married someone, never left. Is that true? That's correct, although she was not a Hoosier. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. She was from Ohio State, so. Oh, right on. And your your home state is? Missouri. Missouri. The Ozarks. That's where I'm from. Oh, right on. And you've been running this shop for how long? (laughs) <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. Since the last century. It's <laughs> awesome. What year were you born? 1986. Oh, okay. So you were 12 years old. Wow. Okay. Since I was two years into fly fishing. Yeah, we've the... been in business since uh, 1990. Okay. Okay, right on. Yeah, it's a long time. Before Mitch was born. Yeah, that's true. Mitch 91. was born. How old are you? 91, 28. 28? Yeah. Wow, this one here. Guys are all old. It is <laughs> very. Old. I have. We have kids coming in here now. We used to, you know, parents or you know, wife would come in and buy a gift certificate for their husband that needed yep. to develop a some type of sport, and she'd bring in a couple of kids in a stroller. And yeah. So now those kids are coming in here, and <laughs> they'll flop their money on the counter, and they'll look at you like, "What can I get for this?" <laughs> Which is really pretty cute, but it's like, wow, I remember when you came. In here in a stroller, so yeah, it's pretty it's, rad. It's fun. We have some really fantastic customers because the Midwest is full of great people. So it's a great place to run a retail business. I'll second yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So for sure. you guys have been so hospitable. Just for everybody listening, oh, these yeah. guys, we showed up, man. Like they, they spent three, like it was hot, hot. And we spent three days shuttling boats and taking us on, you know. Showing us, showing us so many water rivers, you know, big long float days. Derek's making shrimp scampi on the oh, side man, of the yeah, river. We gotta the get bottles, to that. we'll get to that. But that was bottles amazing. of rose, these guys are like the hospitality is unreal. Like, Jason, thank you so much. Derek, thank you so much. Like, absolutely, yeah, guys. Really like huge thanks. Yeah. But I mean, like, it, just to quickly go over the three days of fishing, <laughs> yeah, uh, because uh, I think that's one really cool thing to point out. The three days fishing were awesome, we got nothing but just beautiful weather, sun. Um, and we had so much fun drifting those boats and, and each day Derek actually made like these wicked lunches right on the, on the shoreline. You bust a table out, you got some rosé going, you're cooking, you're doing it right. That's wicked. First day we, we, first day we were drifted, we were Derek was the lead boat. So we, we drifted up on him and he had already set up for lunch and we're like, what's going on here? He's got the table out. Yeah. When did that start? The wine corked. I was like, that's, that's living, right? You know, the first year I went to Argentina, was probably, I think the first year you came in, 2002. One or 2002. So we go down there in January because it's their summertime and we stop to eat lunch and and they get out these tables. Oh, they get out these chairs. Oh, they got not just one bottle of wine. They get out several bottles of wine and a bunch of food. And two hours later, it's like, wow, this is great. And so one of the things that's important, you know, to anybody that fishes is 
you know, catching fish, all that's fun, but the overall experience of the entire day um, is really important. And actually, an experience is more more of a value to people than personal possessions mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. So, I you know, I came back and we didn't do that many guided trips because you're on a fly shop, you don't have much time off. But yeah. special customers, good people I take out on trips and I just started doing long lunches because fishing in the morning is can be a really good time and yeah. fishing late in the evening is a good time. So, hey, let's take a break in the middle of the day and- yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. Let's sit down and have great food because I love to cook. Yeah, and drink some wine and yeah. smoke a cigar and, yeah. and talk and and now these people have been friends for years and and uh, I, you know that's one of the great things and Jason will tell you that too is uh, we have you know great people here to go fishing with. For so sure. It's, so just spending the entire day with them is just a lot of fun if if that's possible for you. What kind of people are you guys taking out? Like, I guess let's speak a little bit about the community here, the fly fishing community and, and the and the guests you have on your boats. Well, I think, you know, sometimes we have people come here from Colorado. Have you guided people from Colorado? Absolutely. And, you know, they're used to, most of the time, they're used to throwing small things. Yeah. Which, as you know, you could do with bad technique. Yeah. But if you put something weighted and something big and wind resistant, like a deer hair popper on their line, they can't throw it farther than their car. Yeah. So one of the things that's important about people doing local trips is I tell them, you go out there, you practice on the river, you're throwing big stuff, you're throwing it in tight areas, you're practicing all the really great techniques that will help you do any other kind of fishing. Yeah. Saltwater, trout fishing. Mm. Regardless of what you're doing, what you're practicing here is going to build you great skill for wherever you go in the world of fish. Mm-hmm. And it's something you could do right here in your backyard. Yeah. And as Jason probably <clears throat> has heard from his customers, once they get out on the river, they're floating down in a while, they've caught a few fish, they're looking around and they're thinking, wow, this is really nice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. know it was here. It's been here all this time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think probably for him, it's, and you could say more about this, Jason, he starts thinking about you know, how do we make this more popular? Mm-hmm. How do we get right. people to participate in river life and river activity more? And and Jason's oriented in that direction, you know, because yeah. he's, he's a business person. He's always thinking about how do I promote this? How do I get more activity in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, uh, well, that's why I started it ultimately, sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it was at first it starts out sharing it with your close fishing buddies, right? You need somebody to row, mm-hmm. you know, Wade, shout out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. But, you know, but it, you know, it starts that way. And then you start taking people that maybe aren't anglers or they are anglers and they're from here and haven't been on the water. You know, and for me, it was like, I'm getting people that are born and raised in Noblesville, right? Taking them down the White River and they're looking at me, they're, you know, They've been here 40 years, Mm. 30 years, whatever. And they are looking at me like, Jason, I have never, you know, I've always known this river's here. I've driven over it a million times, and I've never been down on it. And you usually see it in about the first hour, you know, of a seven, eight-hour float. And they just, you see this change in them, man, where Mm -hmm. they just go, wow. You know, I, I cannot believe I have not done this. And it was stuff like that that was happening to me more and more and more when I was on the river. Right. And I thought, 
wow, you know, this means something to me, you know, and it was really important to me that, that, you know, it's not that you're just showing it to them, but fishing it too, right? You know, and, and tying it all in with fly fishing and stuff I love. Um, it was great. So that was it for me. I mean, it just got to a point where I was doing it so much with friends and acquaintances and then people that I had taken and they would tell their friends and, and it got to where my wife was kind of like, you know, Jason, come on, buddy, yeah. you know, you're, you're fishing a lot. And I always say, well, but I'm not fishing, you know, I'm rowing and, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm guiding, you know, and she's, of course she still doesn't see the difference, but <laughs> you know, there was a point where it would, my, my mainstay job just allowed me to be on the water more. Uh, Which we, is? I'm a real estate agent. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I work for FC Tucker and uh, built a little team and my wife got into the business about five years ago and she's super at it. And and so we work really well as a team and that's loosened up my, you know, my seven to five, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we have a fairly short fishing season uh, for smallmouth. Um, so it's not like you're going to be out there for... 150 days i mean it's just not going to happen so uh and this year with the rain we've had i mean multiple cancellations you know so yeah i kind of look at it as just if i can get out there and and show people the smallmouth, show people the white river the more people that i can introduce it to the more people are going to care about it right and um more people are going to enjoy it and it's there's no one i've taken on this river that's you know, not said to me at the end of the day that this was just a great experience, Yeah, you know? And so we've got to keep doing that, you know, that's yeah. just awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what's cool about that and what Derek, you were saying about like, people are like, Oh, this is great. Like we have people like I, you know, in our community or whatever, like, <clears throat> sorry, I used to work at, uh, we have a fly shop called drift in Toronto and uh, it's right smack dab downtown, not dissimilar from, like here, like it's in an urban setting. It's not like streamside, you know? And, uh, and got, uh, outfit a lot of people for salmon trips to like Eastern Quebec and stuff. And they're always like, well, it's just too bad. You can't use this gear around here. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like we have four stream, we have four rivers within like half an hour in the GTA that get a massive steelhead run. You can use this right here, you know? And like, and then they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, why don't you come out with us? And then they're like, I had no idea. I live 20 minutes from here. I live 10 minutes from here. I can walk here, you know? And, and, uh, and so it's cool. It's just like, it's a, I'm just mentioning this cause it's just like, it, it, it sounds so much like our fishery. Well, it's, it's important because you guys grew up warm water fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, the fly fishing industry is dominated by trout fishermen. Yeah. Right. So we've been here 30 years. I've fished everywhere in the world. If somebody came in before I met you guys and said, what kind of fishing can you do in Ottawa? I would go, duh. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably say pike, yeah. muskie. Yeah. But if you would have told me smallmouth, I'd go, really? Yeah. And- Largemouth? Largemouth. Largemouth, really? Yeah. So- Carp? Gar? Yeah. Warm water fish. You guys have warm water. You're in Canada. Everything Walleye. freezes up there. Yeah. Walleye. It? Yeah. How yeah. can you have warm water fishing in a cold country? <laughs> yeah. But that's that is the prejudice because you have to remember that river runs through it came out, and 
all of a sudden, hundreds of fly shops opened up, and about six, seven years later, hundreds of fly shops closed down because yeah. they found out this is work. Yeah, yeah. But it's dominated <laughs> by trout fishing, and uh, warm water fishing is dominated by conventional tackle because it's popular, and you could do it a lot of different places. And and um, getting the getting the focus on warm water fishing is good for our industry, but our industry is still stuck on trout. Yeah, for sure. And because for a variety of reasons, but um, so it's great to know that there's you know good warm water fishing in Ottawa. It's oh yeah, the capital of all over the place. Yeah, capital of Canada. You could go all over out fishing. All over, yep. all over southern Ontario. Actually, all over like most. You know, there's a there's definitely a line in terms of when you reach like uh, a certain latitude where the smallies you know start going away. But even like we're in Elk Lake, which is you know five and a half six hours north of Toronto, we are banging beautiful smallmouth. You know, huge smallmouth. And northern Quebec too. Well, not northern northern Quebec, but like where we are, cottage country in Ottawa. You know, is southern quebec which is two hours north of ottawa and even then the smallmouth fishing is like your girlfriend sorry sorry fiance's uh cottage fiance. fiance's cottage yeah in, is in quebec, yeah in quebec is like an amazing, amazing smallmouth so like you know we so just good. came back from mitch's cottage too and <clears throat> the largemouth were nuts yeah. nuts right a 60 fish day mm-hmm. what do you think Ottawa. it is about like bass that's that makes it fun to fish for well you have to remember that one this is prices peak. One tenth of one percent of the water in the world will accommodate trout. Okay. Yeah. And that dominates our industry. Obviously, as you know from being here and other mm-hmm. places, warm water fishing is the most readily ava- available fishery for anybody. Mm-hmm. And mm. you know, our industry is. You know, I don't know how to explain it, but. Um, you know, our focus here is on warm water fishing. That's what we do. Yeah. We have a lot of people that the only fly fishing they'll ever do is for bluegill in a farm pond or neighborhood pond. Mm-hmm. And to most fly fishing people, that person isn't a fly fisher person. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just some hack out there throwing a little popper to bluegill. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why we've been so successful is that we don't care how you fish for it, what you fish for. Um, if you're an angler, we want you coming in our store because we love people who like to go fishing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff in here. And even if you, two thirds of our customers use conventional tackle as well as fly tackle. Mm-hmm. And most of them would not mention that in here because they thought we would think that they were bad people because <laughs> they use conventional tackle. And yeah. that's unfortunate, but that's prevalent in our industry. Yeah. There's egos, eh? There's yeah. uh an arrogance to fly fishing, right? We have people that come in the store that go out west and walk in a store and no one will talk to them for 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. I hate that. It's just dumb. <laughs> it like, what is. is that? Oh, it's arrogant. But, it's arrogant. But that's the way it is. But yeah. getting back to the your thing about Ottawa, if you yeah. go online and you try to find out information about fly fishing in Canada, yeah. it's hard to find. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I've thought in the last two or three days is, wow, these guys are out there promoting their own country their own uh yeah province and saying hey we got some good fishing up here oh, and yeah. it's warm water fishing it's not all the traditional lennox salmon and steelhead which is great great fun and great fishery and we have that in indiana as well mm-hmm. we don't have lennox salmon but we have steelhead and, mm-hmm. and uh, king salmon in in the northern part of indiana but that's 
but that's great. It's really needed mm-hmm. um, because yeah. information about Canada is, uh, unless you go to a, a boat sport and travel show where there's a bunch of outfitters from Canada promoting their mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. place, you could get information there. But otherwise, it's hard to find. Yeah, for sure. Call yeah. Drift, man. Next time you're around Ontario, just call Drift. Yeah. Just Toronto shop. Like, they'll hook you up with all kinds of information. Because that's the thing, too. Like, there's not, like, it's in Ontario. There's not, like, fly shops all over the place. Um, even though Or even just giant, in Canada, you know? Like, just in Canada in general, yeah. It's like, like, it's a giant place, but there's not, like you say, a ton of people, um, mm-hmm. you know, focused on doing it. It's not, like, overly saturated in terms of that stuff, so. I feel like the only city <laughs> that has multiple fly shops is, like, Calgary. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, mm-hmm. like, on the Bow River and stuff. Yeah. And, but yeah no it's cool to see more people getting into bass and uh, yeah it's great yeah so why don't we switch gears and talk a little bit about um the white so like what what jason what rivers do you guide on yeah so the white river the flat rock and uh the tippy canoe typically um is it sorry is it just you or do you you've got you've got other guides yeah myself and wade yeah most of the guiding um you know if i had it my way i would fish 100 percent of the time on the white river really okay um uh, oh it's Derek, just I'll totally of, sorry Jason, I'll totally take another Derek just just, Derek just totally went to get some more beers. <laughs> if you if you can. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I think I'll just have this Kolsch that's sitting here. Yeah. Thank you, Beer Brewery. Sorry for oh. interrupting you, Jason. I saw Derek <laughs> running for the cooler and I'm like, this is my opportunity. <laughs> is there any more in there? There is. Uh, maybe. We have no shortage, shortage of beer. Of B I E R brewery. Who was our contact over at B? Sarah. 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 I'm so sad. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed Thanks, we didn't Derek. get to meet Sarah, but thank you for the like yes. seemingly endless flow of pre- Thank you so yeah, much. It's these guys were, you know, I had a guy like I got interviewed for this beer, you know. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and what, what, tell me this again. We're drinking beer and fishing. And it's kind of like this like, where are you fly fishing? What are you doing? Yeah. You're doing like, what? Look, we need some beer for these guys. <laughs> you know, they're from Canada. Yeah. And Canadians like beer. We do. You know? we like beer and, uh, do you like beer? And they should have the best. And yeah. this is the best. This is the you best. Know? That's, That's just all good. there is to it. We have had. We got nine cases of beer, and there's st- you know a few souvenirs left. Nine, yeah. so generous. Yeah, Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just can't say enough about those folks. They have uh, they've won so many awards. They're really good local folks, yeah. and uh, of course, they're just down the street from my house. So of check course, you know, that's, boom, baby, yeah, yeah that's where how you convenient. Be. Yeah, but Thanks. the white is also down the street from your house. Yeah, right? so the white's down the street. So you know, I. For me, it's like that's where we fished, man. Mm-hmm. We'd, we've found more put-ins and other put-ins, and we've floated it all for for over a decade, you know. And mm. and slowly, I just found that you know, just no one really appreciated it, you know. I, I the fish kill, you know, a huge fish kill happened in 1999, and you know, of course, here I I relocate here, and you know, it's like early 2002, and I, I t- often tell people I was just stupid enough to go down there and start fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're dealing with, I'm fishing waters where you had a f- complete kill, right? And, right. And I'm doing well. You know, I was, you know, it, it wasn't like gangbusters or anything, but it was really good fish, on, you know, on a nice seven day or seven hour float. And, you know, I'm also amazed by just the scenery, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. Uh, you, you you it's just beautiful i mean f- the other thing is is that it's so underappreciated that i uh, very seldom do i see any other people yeah. um you know so 
how cool is it to be able to go and get on a river with some clients or some friends and experience a, a great day of fishing and have it all to yourself, you know? And, and I think, you know, when it's, when we started the website, it was, you know, I basically lay it out where I'm going, you know, and there was a lot of fishermen that were, you know, quit telling people where you're fishing. Well, I can't believe you tell people where you're fishing, yep. you know? And, and for me, it's just, the direct opposite of what the conventional is. That's my whole type stuff. Um, I wanted to share, you know, the, the flows, the, the exact areas that I go and where I put in, how long it is. Because again, for me, it's about sharing it, you know, more people that see it, the more people that enjoy it, the more people are going to take care of it. And so creating stewards, right? Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, raving fans of the river Mm -hmm. and, and everyone I, you know, most of the people I talk to when I would, they'd, where do you fish? Well, White River, mm-hmm. you know? And they'd kind of look at me like, ooh, wow, you're fishing in there? I got that like eight times out of 10. Yeah. And so for me, you know, it was just, the fishing was so good. The the beauty was there. Um you know, we're limited in some cases on access, but there was good enough access, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's that's how this whole thing started. I mean, just spending time on the river and being in a position to share it with people. Yeah. And, you know, at some point that you just had to make a business of it. I yeah. mean, I, 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 we had to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. Um, I guess it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, the fish kill, we could talk about that because... You know, another one of the reasons we're doing this episode is is maybe we would would have done it anyways because it would have been so fun just to come to Indiana and fish and hang out with you guys. But um, we're doing a few episodes just on stewardship and water restoration and protection. Um, we just had Mark Matson on the show. Coach time, baby. Um, we have uh, we have Les Stroud coming on talking about tomogamy. We have you guys talking about the white. Um, what what is the White River fish kill? And what was that incident? Yeah, so 1999. You know, a company, Guide Corp, ultimately, you know, in essence owned by GM, mm-hmm. up in Anderson, Indiana, you know, decides to... <clears throat> Where's Anderson in relation to where we are? So, yeah, Anderson's about 45 minutes north of here, okay. right? And, um, you know, the the river basically um, comes right through Anderson, Indiana, okay. which is a huge... Uh, it's a, you know, it's a city that was, uh, built on, uh, auto plants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, auto parts, et cetera. Yeah. Huge automotive, uh, industry. I mean, that's where everyone worked. And, um, so company decides to, uh, go ahead and dump a bunch of, uh, toxins in the water, you know, super great idea. And, uh, it was a complete kill. I mean, that's the will that they describe it. I mean, every single fish in the river for 60 miles from the Porno origin was dead. 86 tons of Eight. fish. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. tons, tons. <laughs> that's so crazy. Oh, my God. Derek, were you, you were living here when that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guys that were cleaning it up were coming in here and buying waders because they thought, you know, they didn't want to. Yeah. I mean, it was summertime, but you didn't need waders, but they were like. We need waiters. Whatever's in there. Jeez. What yeah. was it? Do we know what it was that they dumped in? I think John talked about it a little <clears> bit today, actually. I I, I don't know exactly what it was. Basically, it deoxygenated the water. Right. So, and 
Yeah, that's sucked all the oxygen out of it, and guess everything dies. Yeah. Yep, people started seeing fish doing weird stuff, you know, and then ultimately washing up on the banks. Float, yeah, floaters everywhere. Yeah, people are saying that uh, carp were trying to breach the surface just to breathe. Yep, and uh, and the river was just like clear, like shock in a pool, right? Crystal clear. Yeah, nothing in it. No algae survived. No vegetation no yeah. fish no anything that was getting touched by it was dead Jeez. you know i mean literally put a line on the rocks yeah you know where this where the water level was at that time so you know you'll hear most of the people that that were around when it happened to say that the invertebrates because this was in the winter right um but you know everything that had burrowed down for the winter was good so that was one positive thing, right? I mean, you had some food source for fish that had gone down for the winter, and then at that point, you know, it, it came back. But, you know, it's it, how, you know, people do stuff like this. And and the truth is, is that it's happening all over. I yeah. mean, not just in America. Um, it happens everywhere. And, you know, I, over the time, I, I've seen this river in my, you know, my 16 years of being here, it's like, Tides are changing. I mean, they are changing. You've got some huge momentum just in the recent last couple of years. You know, you've yeah. got Polian Trust has put a bunch of money into uh, promoting the White River. Um, they've done three short films uh, on the river. Um, I took part in a, doing some some taping for a message for the White, or basically what was a water summit last year, last summer. Um, White River Alliance has been, uh, you know, uh, real helpful with my business and, and in, in return, I've, you know, helped them with messaging about the White River and how important it is. The, you've got a group, uh, 1985, I think friends of the White River that's around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's now this, my, mywhiteriver.com. If you have checked that out, they've done, you know, they're basically, it's a, you know, the city of Indianapolis and Hamilton County have come together and, and uh, created kind of a vision plan, if you would, you know, and they've released that plan after, you know, a number of different uh, public studies and they've brought specialists in from all different sides of this thing. And, you know, it's just, it's incredible to see something go from, and in, in even in my short time, from ooh to, you know, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that's important to us. And I, I, you know, for me really, it's just crazy that, I mean, it's our only waterway mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. I mean, we've got creeks that feed it, but what are you thinking? You know, it's just <laughs> right. like, this is all you got, you know? And I grew up in San Antonio, which has a river run through it, and thus the river walk. And you, I mean, you want to talk about economic muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what this river does when it runs through the middle of your town. Yeah. And, you know, Indianapolis over the last number of years has really started to realize, I think, what they've got here and how important it is to to take care of it. So, you know, a lot of this started with advocacy, right? Cleanups, uh, teaching people about the resource. And, you know, there's been some big projects that are going down right now. So, like the... Deep Rock it, Tunnel. Yeah, they've got a... They call it the Big Dig, right? You know, so Citizens Energy owns our stormwater, mm-hmm. okay, and they're our water company. Uh, 
Okay. And they have, uh, they've got a huge project going on in Indianapolis where they're basically digging this huge tunnel and it's going to capture the overflow of raw sewage. Because what happens when we get a, a good amount of rain, the storms or the sewers just can't handle it. Yeah. So it comes out and it goes right into the river without being treated. Just raw sewage raw straight sewage. into the white. Dude, right? dude same thing <clears throat> Same thing happens in Toronto, man. Right into the water. And Kingston and Ottawa. And yeah, like same thing happens in Toronto. Yep. Too much water goes straight into the Humber or the Don. Or, yep. Yeah. So now they've got this project that, you know, is going to hold that stuff until the water levels go down. Then they can treat it and then go on about their business, you know, and it's, make no mistake about it, it's going to really affect the folks south of Indianapolis, you know, which is great. Now, that's not an area that I typically fish, but um, it needs to be done because Indianapolis is the largest population in the state, right. you know, and you've got to take care of it both as it heads out of here and then above us, you know, and so... Muncie's done some work on their sewer system up there recently. Muncie is a county? Yeah, Muncie is a city. Oh, yeah, okay, So that's okay, where okay. Ball State is, and the river originates just near there. So, you know, these things and the momentum that we've got right now is just huge. I mean, and, you know, building an overflow thing for for raw sewage treatment so you can treat it later, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, it's been done in a couple of other cities. Oh, yeah? And when you look at economic development for Indianapolis, yeah. If you look at like south of downtown all the way to Martinsville, you look at all the really good things that can happen when you get a clean river. People want to live next to it. Oh, man. People want to play in it. And those are parts of our city that need um, an influx of money. Yeah. And um, already, you know, the fishing downtown is really good. (laughs) Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And people come in here and they go, is there any place to fish downtown? Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? You know, they still have this mentality of, you know, yep. three-eyed catfish. Yeah, and, sure. You know, the usual stuff that you guys probably hear. You oh, probably yeah. hear the same thing up there. And yeah. so the more that the river gets promoted and the more people get on it, the more they realize, wow, hey, yeah, it's nice. You're right. It's got enough against it. Negative attitudes about it <laughs> are right. just not going to help anything. I mean, mm-hmm. you just, exactly. You cannot. Really you cannot keep yeah. just ooh ooh yeah. and talking badly about the river. I mean, you've got to be a proponent of the river. Yeah, man, it gets muddy. You know, I mean, it yeah. is what it is, man. But this river is what we got. <laughs> yeah, our, our our last guest actually in this kind of series, Mark uh, Matson from Swim Drink Fish, which is like a nonprofit, like water kind of stewardship uh, uh, company. Uh, he said the same thing. He's like, yeah, like there's no point in getting like angry about stuff or getting, you know, like blamey and all, you know, negative about stuff. It's more just like, uh, how do we, how do we flip it around? And just like, how do we, you know, come together and, and push this stuff forward? Cause it's, that's, that's how you make change, right? It's just that collective positive effort rather than just being bummed out and negative and just saying, oh, we shouldn't swim or whatever in it. It's crazy. Negative right? breeds negative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's just Gets you nowhere, right? It's not. It uh, gets you zero. Absolutely. I mean, you've got nothing. There's so much good to tell mm-hmm. about it that I just can't imagine why you have to go to the negative of it. Um, it's our river. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> we met, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. We met a guy named John Bundy today, right? Yeah. And uh, he kind of, you know, lived through that whole thing, through the fish kill and 
correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, but he was uh, instrumental in getting the fish stocks back in the river. Oh, no doubt about okay. it. Okay. Yep. So he said something really cool. To, so obviously he's a huge, important factor in that the restoration of the fish population, right? So along those lines, you know, he said something. He's like, listen, did this massively negative thing happen? Well, I'm paraphrasing here, but anyway. Did this massively negative thing happen? Yes. Like, we can either just gripe about it or we can learn from it look at it as a point of in history and then and 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 uh and correct it yeah and learn how to correct it and teach other people how to correct it if it happens there which hopefully of course it doesn't but yeah absolutely man yeah. i mean well john like yeah like so after the fish kill like how did the what were the restoration efforts what what did people do i guess i mean i know they took them to court yeah right so the first thing was they figured out who did it right mm -hmm. and then started uh started going after them with the attorneys etc um but these guys that are up there so like john bundy's shop uh bundy duck decoys is right there in straw town and it's literally right by the river um he's been on the river uh, you know a ton super you know big white river lover and uh you know, to them, it was like, well, we need to restock immediately. You know, as soon as, as soon as they knew it was safe enough to, to put fish in there, you know, they started finding ways to buy fish and put fish in there. You know, I mean, let's not overcomplicate things here. Uh, and, and time, right, the way I look at it, time is something you can't get back. So the faster that took place... You know, I, I look at, you know, there's not a fish that I grab and take a picture of or my client grabs and takes a picture of that I don't think in some way, shape, or form that early stocking, especially the large fish, which let's face it, that's what everybody's after. Those fish were were put in by these guys. Right. Um, you know, and it was John and some other folks, and, I, you know, I'm not bright enough to know each and every one of their names, but I've read enough on it to know that John Bundy was a big deal about it. And... And I think, you know, after visiting with him today, it's like, I think it's, you know, he's, he's just a sim pretty simple guy, right? Yeah. You know, like, yep. a salt of the earth <laughs> yeah. guy that says, well, yeah, we need to get fish in there, you know, and this is where we can buy them. And I was fascinated by, well, we don't want to buy fish from, you know, anywhere but our neighboring states, right? Where right. these fish, because these smallmouth are native. This isn't, you know, they're not, they're not from somewhere else, man. They've been here forever, forever. Yeah. Right. And that's really what makes them special to me too. I mean, they're, they are our fish, you know, uh, they were here and these guys went out and got strains that are associated with this area and got them in there. And it was also fascinating by him telling us that he wasn't just looking for these little fingerlings, right? They mm -hmm. were buying larger fish. Right. Um, so uh, what a story. I mean, and, 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 you know, I mean, it's just amazing that here we are 20 years later. I mean, you know, we've got a few months to go before it's exactly 20 years. But that was part of why when when I started talking to you guys, it's like, man, you should come down here. Because in essence, it's a 20-year anniversary of this terrible thing that happened. Yeah. And at the same time, we've got all this positive stuff going on with all these different groups and the Polian Fund putting money towards this. And it's just it's a great time to kind of keep the momentum going. Um, and so having you guys down here, you know, it just allows us to kind of spread that word and allows us to share it with some people that, you know, in my opinion, have some influence. Right. Um, and, and so it's been 
incredibly great to to have you down here it see the river see what it's about and uh and then even better to get all these backstories, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. super oh, man, we cool. We met so many people, man. I mean, it was crazy. Just talking about it. Like, I was like. Just talking about John I, right there. Like, like, what a cool, cool guy. And like you said, he's an old fella. He builds ducks, wooden ducks. And uh, he's done it for 40 years. Salt of the earth. Yeah. Country guy, you know, Midwest, like right in Indiana. Tough guy. Uh, but oh, he gets yeah. so, he's so extremely passionate about the water, the effect the water and the rivers have on people. Like he really softens up when he's talking about it. Yeah, he was. This is like a, this is like a tough, you know. This is a tough mother- country guy, you yeah. know. Tough motherfucker. You got yeah, to him, Mitch. Yeah. You got to him, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got he, to him today. He was just in talking about how the water just, uh, seeing the community come together to like help restore a river that was affected by greed and corruption. Like he, he was, he was just like so moved by it. And I think it's. I think it's inspiring to see that it's not just the, uh, like we were talking about this earlier, they're granola eating, you know, Patagonia wearing, um, people in the city that care about protecting water. It's it's guys that are like tough shit yeah, like in the country, you know, you, like John. If, yeah. you look, yeah. if you look up like water, water conservationist or environmentalist, People that look like John don't typically come up in your it's Google hippies, searches. It's activists. It's hippies, it's activists, cool, but and... it's really... You know what? What is? It, what the type of people does it affect most? The yeah. type of people live on the river, right? Yeah. Everybody cares, and it's just really cool to see. You yeah, that's that, that coming to life. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's super, in, super inspiring. In life, there's doers and there's talkers. You know, and mm-hmm. that that guy's a doer. That's yeah. for sure. You know, I mean, yeah. there's just no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, and, and doers aren't out to garner publicity and no. awards and everything else. Yeah. They do it because they love it. Yeah, and. You know, we got a lot of people in Indiana that are like that. They do things they love to do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Hey, man, a, you're one of them. It's a great place to be. It is. Yeah. Don't tell my Texas natives. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one, like, image of a person enjoying the river, I think that's Derek. Like, oh, man. when we came around the corner of the bend, you just had a stogie going with that rosé sparkling in the sunshine. Or on the pa- boat I'm floating like... <laughs> down, the, getting towed down the frog water by Jason's uh, drift. Oh, yeah, that's a first. Drinking red wine, smoking a cigar, talking to Jen. You guys had a great time. You guys were having sun. a great time, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Which I think is ingenious. Hey. You guys, like, I don't think I've ever seen a 5.5 on a drift boat before, but I think that's so smart, just motoring through the frog water. Yeah. And we're towing Derek, and Derek uh, Derek's on the boat with our, our photographer, Joel's girlfriend, Jen, and they're just drinking Cabernet, smoking cigars, just laughing. You know, well, it's-, it's in, between, in, in between catch <laughs> and fish, Jen's first fly rod bass. Yeah. Mind you. And got her second. And yeah. then when you, when, you, when you go, you know, through that river community, which is- you know, there's no roads that go through it. So, and there's no shopping in that community. Yeah. So, right. what what you saw yesterday is that's a whole different community than Indianapolis. Most people in Indianapolis have no idea that exists. Yeah. Okay. And you saw all the different people using the river for a bunch of different reasons. Oh, yeah. And all of them are having fun. And so, you look at that small stretch of river that exists there and, and, uh, the part that we were on yesterday, there's a lot more of that that goes south of Indy. Right. It just and keeps going. It people just keeps like, going for a long way. People like water skiing, kayaking. There's that riverboat cruise. Everyone having a, I think, what was it? It was like 50 people having yeah, a birthday a party. Paddle like, boat. You know, like the big paddle boat. Like 
Well, it's an interesting People point. Pontoon, like, pontoon boats, like everyone's enjoying it. I mean, like yeah. Derek, did you see enjoyment of the river in general increase after the restoration of it, after the fish kill, or was it kind of always the same sort of? Did more people realize the resource they had? And no, hmm. I mean because it's people. Well, if you on your way out of here, look yeah. when you go across a bridge, see if you can see the water. Yeah. You can't because now we build bridges where you can't see the water, hmm. and out of sight, out of mind. And when you go, uh, so when people travel through the state. Basically, especially on the main thoroughfares, when they go across water, they don't see it. They don't even know it's there. They just know it's a bridge. Yeah. Ah, it's water down there. Oh, it's probably polluted. It's probably no good. Mm-hmm. And that's just the general general uh, perception that they have. Yeah. Because we hear nothing about anything good about any of our water. Yeah. You know, most of the publicity is always bad mm-hmm. or publicity is when the river's high some idiot in a kayak gets stuck in a tree and dies yeah you know that <laughs> low head dam <laughs> what <laughs> yeah they I mean, want a kayak when the water's really high and they don't realize it's dangerous until yeah, they're, sure. dead. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. they're dead yeah. so it's um so you know when I, as i think about all this i mean we're real involved as far as your shop here and helping people fish places but i also realize that there's a, still a ton of work to be done to get people to appreciate and recognize all the water that we have in the state. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. whoever wants to help do that, uh, you get on board with them. Yeah, and obviously we know the fallout of people getting into it is just better environment, healthier rivers because people care. What do you think the steps, like what do we have to do to get more people into it? <clears throat> well, I think, you know, White River Alliance is probably a good start. Yeah, um, all of them. There's there's a number of different yeah. groups. Sorry, just quickly for the listeners out there. Yeah. What is the White River Alliance exactly? Yes, it's a group of people that, uh, well, it's what we were at their treasures. They've got, what, about 23000 bucks, right? Yeah. And they, uh, they basically are advocates for the White River. Oh, okay. And, you know, they're the ones that put on the, uh, the water summit, right? So they're real in tune with water. I mean, let's face it. You know, right now, uh, the state of Indiana's got plenty of water, right? You know, there's it's not like we're desert or anything like that, but uh, we have some of the lowest water costs as well. I mean, if you look across the country, our water is very inexpensive. Let's face it, a lot of things in Indianapolis or Indiana, for that matter, are very inexpensive when you look across the country. And that's going to stop. I mean, it's going to get to a point where uh, water is, is, is a resource that is, you know, just com- continues to be depleted. Mm-hmm. And as you look at that, you know, that ever draw on water, it's super important that you realize where it's coming from, you know. And all this water originates from runoff, right? I mean, all of it is being rained here, right? This, this river originates in Indiana, and it, it stays in Indiana, you know. So it's what flows all our water. It it feeds the reservoir. um, And we've got to be cognizant of it. And we have got to protect it. And groups like Friends of the White River, White River Alliance, MyWhiteRiver.com, these guys are are doing it. Friends of the White River has been doing it for a long, long time. 
And the way they tend to do it is they're always there, you know, for the big meetings. Um, but one of the things I love that they do, and, you know, just shout out to Kevin Hardy and, and their group. You know, I teach a class over at Butler, and, and I'm only in my second. They asked me to do it last fall, but I had 25 students in there, you know. Seven of them had never had a fishing rod in their hands. And when I looked at the curriculum of this class, I thought, well, you know, this needs to be an introduction to the White River, too. You know, Butler Campus sits on the White River. Uh, so for me, I kind of changed things around a little bit and went from, you know, here's, you know, here's Fishing 101 to, hey, you know, on Tuesday, guys, at 11, we're going to meet over here, you know, at Rocky Ripple. And I managed to get a bunch of donation rods and I'd sit there and I'd string up 25 rods and we're going to fish, you know, and we're going to hang out on the white river and we're going to catch fish, you know, mm -hmm. pretty tough to do with 25 people sure. on a, yeah. you know, a single bank that's not even a quarter mile. Right. You know, and I've got to keep everybody safe. Um, but you know, they are catching some fish, but it, for me, man, you just got to go do it. You know, you got to show them it. And I, you know, from that one class I had, Three different students ask, well, you know, I'm in this media class and I've got to, I've got to do an interview and I'm like, well, I'm what? And they're like, well, I can do it on anything, anybody, you know? And I'm like, well, what do you want? You know, and, well, we want to interview you, you know? And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Three out of 25 of them are doing these little interviews and doing these little projects where they're talking about people. And, and ultimately each one of these interviews, they just wanted to delve into the White River. You know, and these little things that are going on to to make it better, and I just thought that was super cool. Yeah, you know, sure. so it all starts with education. You know, I mean, everyone just needs to be educated on what hurts the river, what not to do. Um, they're doing a lot better job. I mean, I've got a twelve year old and a nine year old, and I mean, if I put a straw in one of my drinks, you know, they're they're looking at me like, "Whoa, Dad!" You know. Yeah. So I mean. We're getting better as a society about about teaching these types of things, but um, there's a whole lot of adults out there that need some training too, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's all about just getting out there and, and seeing it and then getting involved. I mean, cleanups, right? E even things like, uh, you know, whether you're using fertilizer on your yard, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, little things that you can do to help it. Um, you know, the other things we don't talk about is like, you know, these, you know, agriculture. It's a huge business here in Indiana, you know, and nothing against farmers. I mean, I, I realize how everybody's got to do things uh, and, and, and I realize how important farming is. But there are there are ways to, you know, keep the soil from being so compact. You can put riparian areas between the farms and the river. You don't have to plant right to the river line, you know. Little things like this can start to, to, to really change things. I mean, if we could get more time on the river and find a way to not have it so muddied up by one, you know, two inches of rain, right, then you'd have a lot more fishing. And to me, I've always looked at it. I heard something one time, you know, like one salmon – you know, when you buy it, it's like what seven ninety nine a pound. You know, but if you have people coming out to fly fish for that salmon, right? What it's worth is a lot more than seven ninety nine a pound. 
and we're talking a lot more. The multiplier yeah. is yeah. insane, you know, yeah. to the locals, right? To the hotels, everybody. I mean, that ecotourism that comes into these places far outweighs, you know, putting your field right up to the riverbank. There's I mean, towns that exist because of that ecotourism oh, model, right? I mean, it's insane. Yeah. You know, and, and people will spend more money to go to places that are conscious of all this stuff, mm-hmm. that are using local labor, right? Yeah. And we all see it. There's a ton of money in fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Tons of money. Yeah, I mean, look at the gas bay. I mean, it's- Look at Montana. Yeah. Yeah, I spend a lot of money on fly fishing. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's what I spend most of my money on, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, outside of my family, right? You know, yeah. and the house, the the four things, right? You know, food, shelter, you know. Yeah. It's like- Food, shelter, it, family, it, and fishing. Fishing, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, it, yeah. and then we've got some big time, uh, we've got some organized feeding lots, man. Yeah. These CAFOs. And, you know, there's from what I hear, there's like 30 of them in Madison County up there. You know, and that stuff's not good either. You it's know? bringing in anim- animals, a yeah. bunch of animals in one spot to feed. And you then, got it. Yep. And then also just yeah, exist they, there for. They exist there until slaughter, right? Yeah. And um, they're all in one spot and they all got to go to the bathroom. Concentrate. You know, where's it going to go? Straight well, it goes the in the White River, yeah. you know? So, mm-hmm. and we see it in those algae plumes and we always know, um, you know, one of my mentors and a guy that's been guiding on the White River for well before I ever showed up, Jeff Conrad. I mean, he hits me up on a text and says, man, boy, these uh, these algae plumes are, you know, we're getting them early. You know, you you need some warm water. Yeah. You need some fertilizer and you need some poop, you know. And all of a sudden you've got these patties floating down the river, you know. and And it's a problem. You know, and it, it's it's the only way it changes is when we change it ourselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think water, you know, as a resource, uh, obviously extremely important as a utility, right? As an activity, extremely important. Wade said it best, you know, it's just he needs it for his soul. Yeah. I think we all get that 100%. I think tons of people, paddlers, hikers, swimmers, whatever, they people get it. Um, those two things right there, like resource and just like therapy. I think it's like, really pretty integral to just life. So it's like taking water seriously, seeing it happen in Indiana is inspiring. And then you guys are obviously making huge steps towards um, protecting the white and other rivers. Um, You know, we're seeing it happen all over the country, all over the continent, all all over the world. Obviously there's still tons of work to do, but it's nice to see that stuff going forward. For sure. Um, I think switching tracks a little bit now. We do something every show called Mitchie's Fishies 5. Uh, Jason, I think you're aware of Mitchie's Fishies Five. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> big fan, big fan. Derek, we ask five. We ask our guest, every single guest the same five questions. So we're gonna Mitchie's Fishies Five, both of you guys. Mitchie's Fishies Five because my name's Mitchie, and these questions are fishy. Uh, and there's five of them. And there's so. five of them, yeah. And it's always a nice way to kind of wrap things up. Kind of wrap things up, but then it usually leads to a larger conversation. For sure. Yeah. And now there's two of you, so holy. This ain't shit. no buzzer beater. Like it's, how fast can you answer? It's take your time. It's just five more questions. Basically, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Jason, let's start with you. We'll just go one by one. Sure. Uh, okay. Number one, what is your favorite fish and why? And I think I know what the answer is already. <laughs> oh, it's you know, it's flounder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Goldfish. Absolutely, the smallmouth. Um, you're talking to a kid that. Uh, grew up in texas and respect the you know the redfish and the speckled trout and largemouth bass for that matter um but 
I I have grown so fond of these uh, Indiana Bronzebacks that I, I would be remiss to say anything else. Smallmouth. Fantastic fish. Derek, favorite fish and why? Mm. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> Could be anything in the world. Smallmouth, obviously, right? Maybe it's smallmouth. Well, I spend about a, a month in the Bahamas every spring, so I love bonefish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... But you have to put the smallmouth in with the bonefish because yeah. those are two fish that per pound yeah. are the best fish in their environment as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they're aggressive. Uh, to catch a big bonefish is more difficult than catching a permit. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I've caught quite a few permit. Yeah. But to catch a bonefish over 10 pounds, Good luck. it's a lot harder. Wow. A lot harder to find, a lot harder to do than catching your first permit. Have you yeah. done that? Mm-hmm. And uh, the first- uh, Of course. I tell you. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> There's a legend. How, you, know, you know, the question over the past couple of three, four years is how how big a smallmouth will we get out of the white? <laughs> will we ever get something like seven or eight pounds, which hasn't been done yet, but I'm thinking, boy, one of these years, somebody's going to bust it. It's got to <laughs> eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably be you. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. With a glass Could. of cab and a good cigar going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have quite a few cabs that day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two. Jason, if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? Oh, that's easy. Uh, you know, got it. <clears throat> yeah, for me, I'd go to the Seychelles, right? Yeah, so sure. like okay, I, sure. <laughs> I mean, Definitely. A, it's going to cost a ton of money for me to get there, right? And uh, so, which I don't have. So uh, if I could just, you know, beam myself over there and catch one of those oh, GTs, yeah. then that's pretty much what I want to do. Uh, something about the way those guys go after those GTs that's just insane to me. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's right there at the top right now. Oh, man, that's a great answer because that destination looks super rad. It's on the top of everybody's list, Yeah, you know? Yeah, bagging a huge G2 would be pretty pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Pretty pretty sweet. Derek, you said this one's easy for you. Uh, Home. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Oh, I've been just about everywhere in the world of fish. I haven't been to the Seychelles, but I've caught GTs before. And... Amazing. There's something about, you know, and this has happened over the past three, three or four years when the white has gotten so good. Yeah. It's really good now that waking up in the morning, yeah, having a cup of coffee, going and fishing all day, coming home, getting in your own bed after a great day on the water, it's hard to beat. Yeah. So I love fishing here. It's a great well answer, said. man. Well said. I think that's what keeps us going back to the river, right? So yep. those good days at home. Jason, number three, what is your best or favorite fishing memory? Yeah, so I've, you know, it's kind of two, right? Mm -hmm. So my grandfather was the one that was a big influence on me in fishing. And so, you know, there's no doubt you've got to, you know, he's since passed and, you know, all those memories of of fishing with him as a kid um, handed me my first fly rod. So, you know, we did a lot of that in Texas and then we would have summers, uh, my that side of my family was from uh, Louisiana. So we would go fish Bayou Lacombe, which I had a great grandmother that lived on it. And so me and my cousins and my brother would stay there for about three weeks every summer um, when we were kids. And and I was the one that really got stuck with the fishing bug. I mean, from day one that, you know, the first time I ever fished, I was probably four years old, I suspect. And, yeah. and it was what I wanted to do, you know, any waking moment that I could do it. So 
I was always the one that got up in the morning, grabbed the canoe, you know, went out on my own. And when I got a fly rod at 12, it was like, wow, you know, hooked my cousin and got him in the neck and pulled on it a little bit. I mean, (laughs) you know, Jeff will tell you that. I got him right in the neck and I thought it was in a pine tree and I kept pulling. Oh, geez. And I heard, "Ah," you know, but (laughs) those memories really stand out to me. So the early days and then. You know, I went out to Montana in 1996, and I met some really good, but that had become lifetime fishing buddies, right? And um, we had a day on the Yellowstone River inside the park, below the falls, and okay. you you had to you had to hike down there. And I had one of my buddies that was just really into hiking, you know, fishing too, but he was really into getting into destinations where not very many people went. So he t- talks us into doing this thing called Seven Mile Hole, right? And sounds like hell to me, you know, but, and it was. But we hiked down <laughs> yeah. seven miles and switchbacks down into the canyon. And we get down there and they had a salmon fly hatch going on down there that was just as epic as you've ever seen it. And we all know that fishing trout with big bugs is just super fun. And we had two or it's two. Well, days. we don't, but I'm yeah. sure it is. <laughs> two full days of that all yeah. day because we were camping down there. Yeah. Uh, we ended up getting Jardia or something and that kind of put oh, a man. damper on getting out of there. But easily, hands down, the best two days of fishing, we just, we stopped counting. I mean, but salmon fly hatch, <laughs> the, the, that's one of the tops too. <laughs> that's pretty Sorry rad. to be so long-winded, but. No, I mean, no, that's, that's uh, great, man. Both of those things were. Yeah, for sure. They're right there. It's tough to pinpoint one, but <laughs> Derek, you got to do it. The best fishing experience. Yeah. yeah. Your favorite one. Best it's memory. yet to come. Hey, that's <laughs> nice, man. Deep yeah. thoughts that's with nice. Derek. It's yet to come. <laughs> yeah. Derek's deep thoughts. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just how, you know, it's just how life can be. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a bunch of them back there, but, you know, you just go forward thinking, wow, the best day. Yeah. It, it can pop up any day. Yeah. So. Keeps you I going have, back. I have fun with that thought. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's kind of like your yeah. next cast thing. Yeah, I think I completely know what you mean. I mean, it's just a matter of like, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen five minutes from now? Oh, one more cast? It's getting dark, but let's just see if we stay out an extra 10 minutes. And then you, you know, catch a fish yeah. for a lifetime. The biggest bonefish I ever caught a couple of years ago was yeah. the last cast of the day. Oh, yeah. It was a Hail Mary, and I thought I had no chance in hell. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. Perseverance, you go. right? That's so good. Uh, number four, Jason, why do you fly fish? You know, I fly fish because of, uh, you know, it's the one thing that kind of silences my head. Mm. You know, I mean, that's, if I could put it anyway, it's yeah. it's the one thing that, you know, I get so involved in and I'm so concentrated on it that, any woes that I have, anything I'm worried about, just kind of go out the door, you know. And so uh, that's the reason. I mean, it's it's a complicated thing, right? I mean, there's a lot of facets to fly fishing. And so I think the ever ability to learn um, and the problem solve, um, those things are so important. And so I just find when I'm fishing uh, – or for that matter, when I'm guiding, I mean, it's, it's just, I forget about all the other things, man. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's number one for me. 
Yeah, that's definitely uh, Yilma. I think would reciprocate that. He said that he said the same thing about just a meditative sort of takes you out of it experience. You can just chill. Yep. Derek, why do you fly fish? Hmm. Well, um, so why am I in, why am I in this business? Is another question too. Absolutely. Mostly, <laughs> it's because a the people that come in here are great people, and. Yeah, we we have a few bummers every now and then. That's why we have a sign over here that says "Whining is a five dollar charge." Nice, <laughs> yeah, good call. So, That's great. Only charge two people. Oh, they yeah. didn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah, you have to surround yourself with good people. Yeah, and I, I think you know every now and then you get a ringer that you didn't see coming, but that happens. You get blindsided by a lot of people, but. The people that you spend your time with reflect in your own attitude about yourself. And and I just find that, um, especially here in the Midwest, uh, people we have that come in here that go fishing, fish with Jason, these are great people. And when you spend a day with a great person, you become better. So hmm. that's, uh, that's why I love it. The people. Yeah. I mean, it's an mm-hmm. awesome answer. It's, I think, Jason, you said it too. It's just fun fishing with other people. It's a communal sport to me. Yeah. I mean, I say it all the time. It's, yeah. I, there's a lot of, I, I know a lot of friends that, you know, they'll go out and fish by themselves. But for me, it's better shared. I mean, I just, hands down, it's better shared for me. So yeah. Jason comes in here and he says, oh, I'm starting this guide service. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so the first thing I think about is, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, can he fish? Can yeah. he do this or do that? But is he a person of good character? Yeah. Because if he's not, I don't want to have anything to do with him. Yeah. So obviously, I thought the other. Yeah. So. Huh, pest test. Killer. Look at that, man. Boy, I really, you know, pulled <laughs> one over on you, Derek. Good father. <laughs> good father, good husband, loves his kids. Hey. Hey, very nice of you to say. Thank you. Yeah. So this last one's my favorite uh, I think one. it's become like yeah. all of our favorites. Yeah, I sure, think yeah. we said it before. Eventually, we're going to take all these responses and turn it into a book or something like that. But um, this well, last that's a good question. Idea. I know. It'd be cool, right? A little coffee table book? That's what I'm saying. Yo, that's a great that's idea, man. cool. Episode 100 hits. We're putting a book out. Get ready. 50 more to go. It's, 55 more to go. But we're going to do it. It's a 100-page <laughs> book, I guess. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Like a novella of responses. <laughs> um, Jason, number five. Why, uh, if If... If you could pick a fly pattern to represent you, what fly pattern would that be? What fly pattern represents you best and why? Hmm. Yeah, we kind of talked about this a little bit on the boat, but I am definitely a beadhead woolly woolly bugger guy. All right? (laughs) You know? Um, What color? It's black (laughs) all day long. Boom. Yeah. I mean, black beadhead woolly bugger. Um, To me... You know, it represents so much food for the smallmouth, for any fish, really. It's such a versatile pattern. Um, it's the first one I ever learned to tie. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I often think of flies of like, if I had to have, if I could only have five, right? Yeah. Wherever I'm at, what would I have? You know, and, and woolly buggers right there at the top. So for me, it's the black beadhead woolly bugger. It's a great answer. It's a great answer. It. Caught a bass on it this weekend. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Joel, our camera, our, yeah. our, our uh, photographer. Yep. He 
slammed a beautiful White River smallmouth. Yeah, really nice. His fish. biggest bass for sure. It was a big fish. Yeah, uh, maybe the biggest. Maybe maybe the biggest of the trip. Yeah, it was nice. I don't know though. Yeah, Mitchie's yours between was between him and Mitch. You know, yeah. too, baby. But he got a nice. You caught, one, you caught a beautiful that, fish, man. Out of that fast water with a black lily bugger, yeah. And nice. that was a good fight. He had to contend with a few things on that fight, which he is pretty did. funny. He did. He's like, oh, I touched the dragon. I, oh, we're moving. And oh, God, can we anchor? Yeah, yeah, slow down, Jason, slow down. Slow down. Jason's like, nah. <laughs> Just real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Keep awesome. him on the real. <laughs> but I think I touched the dragon. I <laughs> oh, doesn't yeah. matter. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Derek, what fly pattern best represents you and why? If you were a fly, what would you be? Reverse tide patterns, you know, Thunder Creek style patterns. Um, in particular, of that type of fly now, my favorite's a bad hair day. The bad hair day. Yeah. Dave Pinkowski, fly tire up in Wisconsin. Yeah. Dave ties them, I think, mostly for steelhead. Um, I tie them around here for smallmouth. I love the fly. Yeah. It moves so good. It's probably the fly that's closest to a fluke in conventional tackle because it moves like a fluke. Um, and it can be tied with a variety of materials. So you can make it sink slow, you can make it sink fast. And around here, we need we need flies that- Are versatility. Are versatile that we could throw over top of a brush pile and have it hang around for a while. And So it's a bad air day. Thank you, Dave Pinkowski. I love it. That's amazing. I don't so know if good. you've ever personally had a bad hair. Dave. Right. Look right. at that thing. It's great. Beautiful. I got the hair. Awesome. The hair. A guy, who, that mustache a guy who never has a bad no. hair. Yeah. Look, look at that mustache. The irony man. of it. <laughs> uh, Derek, thanks so much for having us in your shop, Fly Masters. Um, thanks for hosting us on the river. Jason, yep. thanks for listening to the podcast, man. Hey, man. Right. I love Ooh, that shit. Thanks five. for having us down, too. Like, it's been like. Thank you even more for just being one of the raddest dudes to host us. I think it's been an awesome time. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm so glad you guys said yes. It's like, uh, you know, when you guys leave Indiana tomorrow, it's like piece of my family's leaving, man. Oh, oh man, come happens. on, hey, man. I'll be back, baby. Come on, I'm we'll dead serious, man. You're my Canadian brothers, you know. Right and uh, well, you gotta, you gotta. I mean, you're coming, you're, up. You're coming you up. You guys are coming up. Hey, coming up make no mistake. Want. So the word rad. Rad is rad, wicked, man. R-A-D. <laughs> rad and wicked. Rad and wicked. Rad, man. Two two northern words we'll have to incorporate. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this yep. trip was rad. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> um, Jason, is there anything you want to leave people with, like about Two Forks Guide Service? Yeah, you can uh, find us at uh, www.twoforksfishing.com. Uh, we would love to f- take you fishing <laughs> yep. um, here in Indiana. These and guys have great. Sorry, can I interject and yeah, give, go you, ahead. give you give you a, like a fist bump here? Like, sure. Your boats are beautiful. Like, oh, yeah. really great drift boats. Like, uh, whether it be the Hides or the Stealth Crafts or um, Wade's awesome raft that he's got for the for the for the Flat Rock. Yep. Um, yeah, just awesome. Ten out of ten, man. Ten Honestly, out of ten. Coming when it comes to guided trips, it was like. It was so easy. It was just like so fishing nonstop, get lunch, and then you're just floating. It's yeah, it's a badass trip. Hit yep. these guys up. We've yeah, got access sure. to some housing, so if you're coming from out of town, we'll put you up. Just fish with us. Which is also great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is also great. Wi-Fi, everything you need. What else do you need? What else do you need? Derek, do you uh, have anything you want to leave people about Flymasters or any stuff you got going on? Well, um, you know, fly mass, probably our most important thing is we create more fly fishermen. And we probably do that better than anybody else in the entire country. 
Um, you know, learning to fly fish here isn't a two-hour experience at Orvis. Okay, it's it's an hour here, it's an hour there. We do a fly fishing school. We run over 120 people through that school every year. That's amazing. 120 people a year. That's how big the interest is. And since we wow. do our school by appointment and individually, it's easier for people to work into their schedules because people work and have responsibilities at different times of the day. So it's it's how we stay in business and it's uh, that's been going on for a long time. So that's we love doing that. Right on. And um and then we you know we have tying classes, you know, uh, fall, fall, winter and spring, you know, beginners and people that um want to tie more advanced stuff. We call Anybody that can start and finish a fly is we consider an intermediate fly tire. Yeah, right on. So everybody else is is beginner, but <laughs> awesome. yeah, we've been doing this for thirty years and we love it and um, look forward to CM sixty four. Yeah, maybe another twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> Stop into the shop, yeah. say hello, bring him a bottle of rosé. Right yeah, on in Allisonville. Absolutely. Yeah, you've been here. You know, people coming. I've been here been by here a million times i finally stopped <laughs> yeah dude the shop's beautiful man yeah, it's it huge it's got like Everything. so many fly tying materials Everything. so many flies rods check our, it. Cust- our customers fish for everything yeah tie for everything it looks like they do and fish all over <laughs> the world so that's why we have so much stuff it's wicked yeah, yeah. well thank you so much guys although uh, what about SoFly? where can people find the podcast <clears throat> i mean they're listening to it but where can they find our pictures from indiana and our amazing videos yeah, I mean, like, uh, we're definitely having a lot of footage to po- to, to sort through yeah. after this one, but uh, you can look forward to some videos coming from this trip for sure. Um, you can find all of our stuff at SoFly.ca, whether it be our photos or videos or our podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, um, and uh, and SoundCloud. Uh, so, you know, easily. If you guys want to rate us, give us a really great rating because we're just so great. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> a lot of great going so. on. And if you have any questions, thesoflycrew.gmail.com. Thesoflycrew.gmail.com. On Instagram, you can find us at thesoflycrew. Uh, I just want to give some shout-outs here, if I could, to your your boy Wade. Wade put us up in the cabin. Uh, yeah. What's Wade's last name, sorry? Corbin. Wade Corbin is a s- sweetheart Super of a man. cool dude. And uh, and he's got a beautiful cabin. He's an excellent guide, and uh, and he just is just stoked to share this waterway with with you. And yeah, yeah, I, I can't see, I can't see. He made the trip for me for sure. Like I mean, I spent most of my time on his boat, and and that was that was a good time for I sure. I mean, I think Derek hit go like why fly fish the people keep you going. Um, coming to Indiana, yeah, the fish is great. Everything's it's really unique place, but the people yeah. here are great. Like you guys are great. Yeah, so they're great. Just for that reason alone, come check them out. Yeah, for sure. So thank you to Wade. I want to thank uh, Holly and Joel who uh, were capturing everything. Uh, yeah. I want to shout out uh, Beer Brewery, Mounds Greenway. Yeah, yeah. White River Alliance. White River Alliance, Mounds Greenway. Uh, we met Jill from the White River Alliance yesterday. Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. Bob from Mounds Greenway today. John Bundy who gave his time for an interview. Man, there was a big community here and and, yeah. and thank you and i would like to give a little shout out to a birthday boy back home yilma could not be with us on this trip because of a wedding but it is his birthday today happy birthday yilma. so happy birthday yilma I, w- I wish you you were down here to meet everybody and i wish they could have met you and but uh next time we miss you yilma reason to come back eh yeah are you it, getting him a birthday present Oh, you better believe from Flymaster. Hey. I think, uh, yeah, we already <laughs> a pile going on. We already, already. we already picked some birthday presents <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right on. And thanks, Derek. Oh, thanks, Derek, for we got some swag, got us some gear. Thanks, yep. Beer Brewery, for the beer. 
Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Costa sunglasses and uh, and uh, and dry wicked shirts. Amazing stuff. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. That's it for me, Mitch Aldo. That's it for me. Thank you. And Derek and Jason. Signing out. Thank you so much, guys. Everybody, hey. for listening, thank you. Take care.